Hello, Hockey World. It is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. I'm Michael Lagello, and today is the 81st anniversary of the Doolittle Raid. Well, <laughs> I don't know how many years it's from 1967 to now, so there's that many years since the Leafs last won it, and they're going to try again, folks. Yeah, that would be 56, because... <laughs> there you go. Like I always, like I often said, I was born eight. I was born exactly nine months after the Leafs won their last Stanley Cup. So to so the you're, day, you're the reason. I'm the reason. My existence is just a, as a being on this planet. Means they always say six times the charm. There you go. There you go. So um, yeah, we we wanted to get right into it. Kevin's gonna be joining us in just a little bit. We're going to talk about predictions, but we got to get into last night's games first. So we have a lot to get into. Um, well, but why don't we start with the predictable ones because. We said that the yeah. Islanders and Carolina was going to be the most, at least I said it was going to be the most boring series. And <laughs> Jesus Christ, was it? I mean, I, I watched the first period of that game. And, yeah. and after they went up 2 nothing, the Islanders came right down the ice and make it two, made it 2-1. to one. And if you turned the game off at that point, you didn't miss a goddamn thing. No, but, you know, here's the thing. The yeah. argument I would have with you is I knew there was no chance Florida was winning their game. So I hung with the Islander game seeing if Ronta would hold out the whole game. And he did. Uh, I talked about Carolina having to play with a lead. They did. Yeah. They just, you know, look, the Islanders could talk about um, needing more scoring. Uh, Stan Fischler could talk about they're going to fix it. Like it's yeah. a fender bender on the LIE. Yeah, right, right, right. Which is, <laughs> I laughed at that. A fender bender. Uh, end of the day, though, you have to be able to score. And, and by the way, if you have a fender bender on the LIA, you know how difficult it is to fix that? Oh, Sorry, yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. No, but I'm just saying, I, I, I do know, actually. Uh, <laughs> I've never been on the LIE, but... Oh, uh, you don't want to be. Bless your soul. But at the end of the day, they're going to need scoring. It doesn't matter what Lane Lambert does. Like, this is all predictable. It's just a matter of how many games. Well, and yeah. all Carolina needed was decent, decent goaltending. That's right. all they need. They have everything else to beat the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they kind of do what the Islanders do better than what the Islanders do. It. And they are very similar teams. I mean, the Islanders have a better goalie, for sure. But, you know, at the same time, they, they're so much better. But he has a bad record them. against them, and I guess this is why he has a bad record against them, you know? Yeah, I mean, they, because and he, like I said before, he has a goalie who likes to get shots, and then, you know, sometimes, too. He's not a goalie that, you know. And the, the Hurricanes don't throw shots at, at you from everywhere. Like the Florida Panthers do. The Florida Panthers, you know, getting to transition to that game for a second. The Florida Panthers, I was kind of impressed with the Panthers in that game, to be honest. Yeah, um, they played a good game. They really did. Um, they had a shot. I mean, well, Lion, Lion made a couple bad plays, um, for sure. And, I, you know, I think we won't see him again. Yeah, the one goal that hit the top of his mitt that he really couldn't get. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, this, uh, some of the saves he made in the first period, I can forgive him for some of the, some you know, the, any miscue that he made. But – PK Subban made a really good point on the on the broadcast, and he was like, you know, Boston is good enough that, you know, they essentially let Florida carry the play to them in the second period, and they're good enough to sort of respond, turn it on, score a goal, and yeah. basically rip the guts out of the Panthers. And yeah, they were kind of sitting back, but then every couple of times down the ice, they would try a counterplay, and Carly Coyle did one one time that yeah. I was like not even realizing Charlie Coyle could do that anymore. And yeah. he didn't have Patrice Bergeron, and they still looked like a complete team. They're the only complete team in the playoffs. That's my belief. Oh, yeah. No, they, I mean, they have the, they're just so much deeper than everybody else, too. Like, And the reality is, like, that they can – then their third and fourth lines are, like, other, uh, many other teams' second lines, you know. And it's like – and they go when they go out there, if you're going to beat them, you're going to have to get a lead on them and play a game that you, where you're, you're not going to exert exerting effort. Because if, you, if you're trying to come back against them – they're just going to out depth you. I mean, they, they, that's what happened last night. Florida just ran out of steam because you know they they were they took so many shots and pound and pound and pound. And by the third period, you know if they don't have them by the third period. They're not going to catch them because they're there's just no one. They're not going to have enough energy. They, you know, they're rolling four lines in Boston, and no one's tired. Where Florida is going with two and a half lines at times, and and they were exhausted. So, but they did play well enough in the first two periods to 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 win that game. I mean, to actually get a lead and win that game. I never felt like they were gonna. I never did. I never had that feeling like, wow, you know, Florida could really do this. Just never had it. I mean, they they were they they stuck with Boston physically. Yeah, and they were faster than Boston at times. At times, um, but, but the thing is, there was no finish there. 
Yeah. They're not, they're not. That's what they don't do well, you know. Well, I mean, then you're not going to win. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, unless Boston has a lapse of uh, self-control or a lapse. Well, goaltending just stinks. If Boston, that's how you could beat them. If their goaltending is completely off, you could win that game. But how really, many really, going to happen? Really, Olmark wasn't tested severely. No. But what Florida depends on is a lot of, they take a lot of shots from their point men. Um, mm-hmm. And they take, and they look for a lot of screens and rebounds and deflections and stuff like that. And those things are things that necessarily doesn't matter how good a goalie is sometimes. Like if you get the right kind of deflection, the right kind of screen, um, you know, you can score. And that's that's really what they that's really what they're made to do. Um, they did play a better game last night than they played at any of the games they played against Tampa last year in the playoffs. I'll give them that. Like that was so for what yeah, it, I think if, that's true. Actually, you're right. If their method is like we want to learn how to play in the playoffs, they definitely can play in the playoffs. Better in that. Yeah. They did learn that. Now in order to beat, they're going to have to get some breaks. Of course, you know, you're going to have to get breaks if you're going to upset a team like Puston, and you're going to have to, and last night they kind of missed, missed an opportunity because they did have so many shots and did outplay them um, for two periods. And and then, you know, the announcers, even the people calling the game were saying, yeah, Florida looks a lot faster than Boston. They said it on several occasions. Florida is a fast, fast playing team. They play fast. That's their game. Um, Boston is not that, but Boston is just so, so well-rounded and they, they, Every line can do something. So it's, I mean, it's a really, they're up for battle, but I think that, you know, we'll see Bobrovsky now. And yeah, I think it's so interesting too. if that just changed anything because, you know, we haven't every yet. Team was doing it. Like every team went with the guy that was I know. supposed to back up playing better down the stretch, but it didn't work out for everybody. That was right. the thing. It, 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 it was mixed results. Well, it worked out for Minnesota for sure. It but it worked out for Minnesota. Gustafson was phenomenal in that game. Uh, okay. While he was very good, no yeah. question. There were things that happened in that game were very fortunate. Yeah. Okay. Here, here, oh, yeah. Yeah. here, here is where I think the NHL was sort of out to lunch, because anybody who watched that game and anybody who watched that hit on Dumba, that was a predatory hit. It definitely was. And you the, mean from the, Dumba on Pavelski. From yeah. Dumba on Pavelski. Yes. Right. Yeah. I right. mean, first of all, he went laterally on the red line as as Pavelski is, I think, in the corner, and he hits him going up. Maybe the principal point of contact was his chest, but it ended up hitting him. But he left his feet, too. And he left his feet, yeah. and it ended up making some contact with his jaw. Uh, yeah. jaw and, his head. And, and after the game, uh, Peter DeBoer said he doesn't know whether Pavelski's going to be available for game two. They ruled that a two-minute uh, two charging minor. You've got your head up your rectum if you think that that was a two-minute charge. You know what the problem is? I, I And I saw what was happening. As far as the rule goes, he didn't break the rule per se because he didn't hit the head first. He wasn't in the corner. He really didn't get to the corner. And so, like, the things that we normally like to say are happening and easy to point out yeah. didn't happen, right? Yeah. Now I'm kind of like, okay, NHL, if you're not going to suspend him here – you need to change the rule because you can't just like that was a rock'em sock'em robots hit, except it wasn't a you know a right a right cross. It was just you know his shoulder. But the point is, you can't let players do that. And no. you know, I had like this guy on my timeline that's like, you got to have your head up. He didn't even see anything to no. have his head up. Like and it had nothing to do with not having your head up. And now. you know what? I'll t- I'll tell you this right now. If I'm Peter DeBoer, I'm saying to my players. Let's let's do the same thing. Yeah, like, they did. Yeah, I mean, Suter took a really cheap shot at Caprice. Suter took a cheap shot at Caprice later in the game. Yeah. Suter's cross check from behind, no penalty called at all, which was shocking. Um, it really was because that was a really dirty hit right underneath the shoulder keep, pads. Keep doing yeah. it until you knock somebody out because they knocked out one of your best players. Well, I mean, you know, you, you got to call penalties. I mean, the, the refing in that game was pretty bad. I thought yeah. in general, like just but overall. To be honest, the listen, the play of the game. Was from Brock Faber, the rookie. He doubled, oh my gosh, yes. fucking double overtime. Yeah. You know, if you guys remember on the show, I told yeah. you that someone like Faber can transition easier than a Luke yeah. Hughes, and it's because of that. He plays a simpler game, a better yeah. defensive game, where Luke Hughes is more offensive and more of the puck stealing, puck right. possession kind of guy. It's harder for that kind of defense yeah, sure yeah. to come into a playoff atmosphere. For Faber, it's not. Because he's yeah. very simple and he makes good passes and he's fast. Yeah, that was really good. That was like an amazing play. Saving play. That would have been a goal. Like it would have been. You yeah, no, I mean, didn't see the puck. That was the play of the night. I think. Like it as was. far as if I was to look back at every play that happened last night, I think the uh, hey Kevin, 
Hey. I think that we were talking about the Faber um, diving block uh, from Minnesota. Um, I would block and double over. It was the play of the night. Like, it was, it was just, I mean, and it just, it's incredible. Like, they're talking about this kid. I mean, what a weird world. This guy plays for the University of Minnesota and now is playing for the Minnesota Wild two weeks later. Well, he yeah. was a Kings graphic, but they traded him for Fiala. Fiala. So, in right. the right. was so impressive in that game, though. The I mean, yeah. kid doing it for the Minnesota Wild, played for Minnesota Golden Gophers. It's all Minnesota all the time. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, and that, that is typical of the type of plays that wins in, yeah. in yeah. the postseason. Although, I was interesting. Uh, what do you think the uh, uh, what what the record was last year for teams that won the first game of whether they won the series? And what do you think it is overall? Probably two and six. It was four and four. Okay. Right but uh, overall, it's sixty eight percent if you win the first. Yeah, game. it usually tends to be very yeah, high. You think it, would, it would be high. Well, Kev, what did what did you think? Because I um, I, um, I I sort of uh, was fairly emotional about the. Uh, the the Dumba hit on Pavelski because I thought it was predatory and I was dumbfounded that it was reduced from a five to a two and then we find out today that there's no supplementary discipline I mean the, to me this is this is just you know you're giving carte blanche to Dallas to go out and say we're gonna go head hunting at somebody no, I, I I didn't see it that way I I don't know I thought it was, I, I thought it was, uh, was fine so um, I, I thought I agree with you. I didn't see it as illegal either, Mike. I mean, but I, I didn't, it was it was kind of to change the rule because I do think you're going to see more hits like that because he yeah. got him before he was in the corner. He made sure he didn't hit his head first, but he also made sure he hit him right on the button where he was going to do maximum damage. Dumba is a guy that's always been super physical and always does that game breaking hit, and so he he did it to the letter of the law. So I think you have yeah. to change the law. He's that, got that's, little... that, I think Russ is, has the right thing. I think you want it because you think it it's a, a hit that should be out of the game, but right. it's not out of the game. Like right. That. I mean, so, it was a charge, I, clearly. Gumba's got a little truba in him, and basically. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think I think Russ that was as you know could not have been assessed any better. Like if we want that hit out, and I think we do, yeah. um, then we got to change the rules. So, so then Suter takes his shot at Caprizo. You know, which yeah. doesn't, which, which, yeah. you know, I hate that. So and that, that to me was that, and that, that was a, you know, Suter very, I'm just very calculated Suter's thing was, I mean, that was, I mean, way more calculated. The play wasn't even, Caprizo didn't even have the puck, wasn't anywhere near it. Um, and, and he takes him, puts it, puts his stick right under his shoulder, under his shoulder pads on his back. It's like, that's where you have no padding. It, that just, you know, and Caprizo's already, he's definitely playing it like, at two thirds percent, you can tell like he's not he's not skating like he normally does. Oh yeah, he's he's not the speed wasn't there that you. Yeah, his speed is just not there, and, and his like his um he's just he's a couple he's just a split second behind his normal game. He's making some nice passes. He's helping them with like some of the clearing, but that's really all he's good for right now. But yeah, yeah you know, it's but, interesting on injuries. Like, and this certainly wouldn't work because we get basically no information about injuries. But right. in the real world, you know. We, we've now parsed uh, statistics, so we have these advanced statistics about expected goals, and you know, you 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 can't talk to a coach now without getting that stat and expected goals based on the number of yeah. quality. Yeah. And all that. Um, but really, we need injuries parsed in terms of how long they'll be out, and then how long before they're going to be back up to speed, because yeah. it really is two different it things. And, you know, it's four to six months for an ACL, but it's really a full calendar year before they're really playing. Yeah, well, basically, we want to know. We want to know who's awaiting surgery, right? Like that's yeah. like the, you know. You know that's, yeah, that's fair. Essentially, what it feels like because you know, like some players, you know, just you know, after the day, after the season ends, all these guys get surgery, and those guys have been have been obviously playing hobbled. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, Kevin, because um, we did already talk a little bit about Carolina. And the Islanders. Um, you picked the Islanders in this series yesterday. We I did. Here. Yeah, yeah. And that game went the way I thought it would, other than mm -hmm. the fact that I thought the uh, Hurricanes found the one goal they needed. You know, the one right. extra goal. So yeah. What was your um, thinking about picking that series though? Is it six games for the Islanders? I I just think that um, they both have good defensive uh, teams, but the, at the end, the Islanders showed they could find that big goal, and I thought Carolina. Had struggled to find that big goal down the stretch. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, you know, there's always going to be upsets. You know, the funny thing is, 
I normally try to pick at least two or three upsets because there are going to be, and I, that's the only one I picked. Took all the fans. I considered Minnesota because David Perron in Detroit has really beat the drum for Minnesota. He calls them the yeah. sleeper, although they're I kind of everyone sleeper. Yeah, they're yeah, kind of everyone sleeper, so I don't know that they're really a yeah, sleeper. Yeah, it's not like a big secret, but I think that but Dallas, you know, with, with their goaltending, I mean, he is he is the real deal, obviously. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I that's why I decided not to take. It's that, hard to right? go against it, like at the end of the day, right? That's the hardest. But, thing if, but if Pavelski is out long term, or at least he's least going to probably be out for game two. I mean, that that sort of equals. The, I mean, they played with eleven forwards and they generated a lot of offense in that they game, did. but they couldn't well, finish. I, you know, I'm pretty good at reading what quotes mean. Like I was even, I could usually even translate Joe Quenville. Um, you know, he has his own language about if he's just okay, that means, you know, I hated him. And, right. you know, when he says those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. But I did not understand whatsoever what Pete DeBoer said when he said, oh, he's fine. He's walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but are you confident that he'll play game two? Oh, no, I'm not confident at all. Yeah, that's what is that? Right. He just he's means fine, he's alive. He's that that yeah. just means he's alive. He's fine. Yeah. He's alive. Yeah. He's yeah, he's 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 standing um, erect. No, but but the thing is, I, I I will say one last thing about Carolina. Brent Burns, like I said, is coming in hot. He is a difference maker for them, and that's probably the biggest difference yeah. maker that they put on their team in years. Could could DeBoer's comments about Pavelski be related to not wanting to say that he's concussed because then there's a seven day. Uh, minimum, I believe, for concussions. I mean, he's saying, well, you know, he's just not feeling well or whatever. You know, I mean, they, they, they want to avoid the C word more than anything. Yeah, they do. Although I don't think that's actually true that there's a seven day minimum. Right. Um, for that, I, you know, that protocol is one of those, it feels like a pee and shell game to me. You know, the, they just keep moving it around a little bit. And yeah. So I don't know. I, and they just, like it's the players push uh, against that as well. Like, yeah. you know, both the player association and the league have tried to um, protect the players, but the players don't always want to be protected. So mm-hmm. and that's, and that's becomes problematic. That so. is, and, you know, concussions are like, you know, I grew up with concussions, had to stop playing hockey because of concussions, but you know, often when we were younger, they're just like, you had a headache, you just went out and you played, you know, like it wasn't like anything, you know, and then yeah. there's this attitude of people of, of hockey players. They play with all the other injuries, but they don't realize that you know your head is different. Like you have to you have to be remembering that your head is a yeah. different kind of thing. You can play with a bad knee or a bad arm, you know, but you, you're you shouldn't be playing with a bad head injury. Like it's a totally different world, and and I think it's hard to get that through with players. And I think it has to be mandated for that reason. It should be. I, I have a question to ask about gambling on on right now on playoff hockey. So as an example. Um, Lindy Ruff did not have morning skate. So now you have no idea, like if Luke Hughes is playing, you don't know what their full lineup is. You won't know until pregame skate. And is that fair if I want to sort of bet just on the singular game or some of the things in the game? Because the window isn't going to be very – it's a very small window now. Russ. So I find out what I think is the truth before a game starts. Like, you know what I mean? Russ. That's got to get tightened up. They don't yeah. care. They don't care. It's the playoffs, so they don't care what the gamblers think. Mike, you were, you were so out of touch with reality. Um, <laughs> I mean, you were out. I mean, this is millions and millions of dollars. So no, it's, no, not, no, no, no. it's not that the league doesn't care. No, but Lindy. they're not. The uh, pardon me, Lindy. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, they're not willing to move off that. Right. Not right now. Right. But right. I think eventually they will. Because it's really important. And here's the problem with it. And, you know, I've got a pretty good source in the betting world now. And what he tells me is, is that the betting companies, even though they are generating millions, it's a lot less than they thought it was going to be because they've found that people that just want to bet just to bet don't like to bet on hockey. They're bothered by the empty net goals and they're bothered by the injuries. Now, the actual betting world doesn't care who's hurt because they don't set odds based on injuries or any of that stuff. Right. Um, but people who do bet care. So, you know, right. like it's not the gambling industry that cares whether or not you tell right. them, but they know there are people who are betting care. So at sure. some point I'm told there will be some pushback and then it'll just be a simple equation. 
You want the millions of dollars or don't you? Because we're having trouble. Well, yeah. if you want the millions, then yeah. you do need to have a morning skate, and you do need to give fans at some point some idea of who might be playing in that game. Well, yeah, I mean, well I'm totally opposed to what you guys are saying. This is, this is the, the, the – I mean, we know the issue with the NFL. They provide – fairly accurate updates in terms of injuries you know bill belichick except you know is the exception because he says everybody's questionable and then everybody plays but i'll give you an example you know i i I had my fantasy uh playoff hockey pool on sunday and kevin fiala was not listed as injured at all that he was supposed to supposed to play game one and then lo and behold Kevin Fiala is not in the lineup for Los Angeles in game one. Now, you know, that's, that's the risk of the, that's the risk that I take, or that's the risk you yeah. take with any player. But I mean, if somebody was betting a prop bet on Kevin Fiala and then all of a sudden he's not in the lineup, you know, some gam- some gambling sites will just pull that bet, but some will say you're screwed because he didn't play. Yeah. I think, it, I think that's, I listen, I don't think that people should ever change and I'm, I'm, I know you're going to call me naive, but here's the reality. Like, so if I sit back and I say, okay, the Devils don't have a morning skate today, that that plays into my gambling mind of like, okay, well, they're really confident. Or, okay, there's other things that come into play with them not having a morning skate. As you know, like you might not know if Luke Hughes is playing or not, but at the same time, you also know that why would Lindy Ruff not have a morning skate against the Rangers? Well, I mean, right, well here's, here's what comes into my mind. First thing was Luke Hughes. Second thing was the goaltending. Like, what if all of a sudden it's Akira Schmidt in there? Like, you know what I mean? That would change. The- right, but that's, but that's what's great Black. about or Black. not knowing these things sometimes. Because, again, in no, the no, gambling. There's nothing don't. great about that. If I'm gambling and all of a sudden they go on the ice and Schmidt's the first guy on the ice, I'm like, why did I just place this bet if I placed it two hours ago? Like, but I would know they didn't have a morning skate. So you're like, that your suspicion has risen. Like, is something wrong? Or, or are they is something so overconfident? Or do that they learn that? They don't have morning skates against the Rangers because they're right in their own town. What, you know, what are these things like? What exactly? See, to me, that's more interesting than trying to force teams to do something just so that we all know exactly what's happening with everything. Well, I, I don't think they care about the morning skates. They're never going to do that. And I, to be honest, I think they're still far away from pressing the NHL because they're still in its infancy with yeah. uh, betting on the NHL. But um I, I do think eventually it's going to come to that because uh, it's it, it is a problem that they're talking about. And again, they're making money, like, but yeah. it's a lot less than they thought it was going to be. Yeah, um, that's what I'm told. So and the people, friends of mine who bet hockey, and I do not bet hockey, um, despite the fact I should have with the buzz I would be a millionaire now. But um, I didn't. I didn't bet hockey. But I. Um, but the friends of mine who do, like, they say the most their favorite thing to bet in hockey is the thing where you pick your like a lineup for the night, like a salary cap lineup type thing. That because picking games, winners and losers in hockey is so difficult as it is, maybe they prefer to pick the you know the player thing, which I think is seems seems like yeah. it seems like hockey gambling works better that way. Yeah, the only problem with that is, from what I hear, is is that the guys who do real well on that are the math nerds that figure out the permutations of you yeah. know if I take this guy and that guy and and you right. they you know they bet a bunch of different combinations and that gives them a high probability of cashing on something right 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 that makes sense yeah. um all right so then go ahead mike i was gonna say so let's go to the most joyful all right let's let's talk about the let's talk about the kings and the Oilers game um i think mike said it really well in the uh in the chat room that it was a maple leafs type collapse by the Oilers in that game yeah. it really was um there definitely were issues on the ice. I mean, the beginning of that game, I mean, it looked like there was no question the Oilers were going to run away with the series. In the first, first like, little bit of that game, they were all over L.A., but L.A. does have a lot of skill. And, and you know, people just – Kempe is, like – is it, it's amazing what Kempe has become to me. Like, I, he's a, he's yeah, a good player. When we did our preview. I know. We talked about him. He's yeah. like um, the modern-day Dan Quinn, if that makes any sense. Like – you know, I think that, like, he, you know, remember Dan Quinn? He was, like, yeah, I remember yeah, he's a big, big, big playoff guy, yeah. Big playoff guy, super talented, not, like, very, not very tough, like, you know, but very, very quick, but no, super no, fast hands. He has a tough side. Hempy's got a tougher side than that, but he's but his hands, yeah. I mean, his goal that he scored last night was really, like, was remarkable in his release. Like, the release was really, truly incredible. Well, all right, which one are you talking about, the backhand or the one before that? 
the one <coughs> one timer that made it three to two with a like, yeah the one that Byfield get hit and taps over from the face off and um yeah and he just he just pulls it from forehand to back end and just back in forehand and just like he just he just nails it and here's what I'll tell you about Kempe yeah pre-draft he told me he was a warrior right so I use that as a headline he said uh-huh. I am a warrior and he is and he's one of those big guys not super big but you know guys with some size that yeah knows how to get into the flow of the game. But I will tell you, I've had a lot of conversations with players in the last uh, four weeks or so, and a lot of them are using the backhand now to foul up the goalie because goalies don't do that much research video on a backhand shot. So guys are now sort of pulling that out of their arsenal just because a sudden a sudden determination throws them off. Yes. I got an idea. The backhand, you know, they, yes. it's, it's always been there. Like, no, no, but that's what, the shooters, that's what the shooters are telling me now. But yes. there are certain, but there are certain cues that that goaltenders can follow when it comes to oh, a, for sure. Will go to a forward shooting or anybody shooting on the forehand. Mainly, mainly like as a goalie, you know, you know when the puck's coming off a back off a forehand stick, and you don't know when it's coming off a backhand stick. That's right. like the, that's like the main thing. Like it comes off the forehand stick, it'll come off at the end of the blade as someone as someone shoots it. it kind of the puck kind of rolls off the end of the blade and goes in. Or backhand, it can come off any spot of the blade. So it, it there is no real direction to it. There is no timing on it. You, you, when you know when a goalie makes a save on a forehand, the wind up is when the save, the concept of where you're going to stop the puck starts. Like you know, like you see, you see where the wind up is going, and you see the you know he's looking maybe tilt his body a little bit this way, tilt his body this way a little bit this way, pulling back this far. But with a backhand, you have no idea. It doesn't start until the puck it's leaves. Kind of hidden. But, but I mean, just in the overall, the, the, this is an inexcusable loss by Edmonton. They're up three to one um, with eight minutes, a little over eight minutes left to go. Kempe scores the goal to make it three to two. They, they tie the game with the goalie pull with less than a minute in regulation and then a power play and scored the, the goal in overtime. And Kev, this is, I mean, Kopitar and Dowdy the two guys, the two linchpin guys from those two Stanley Cups who can still play. And Kopitar, four points, and Doughty, a steadying uh, role on defense. I mean, like I said, I picked the Kings in seven, and nobody else is picked the Kings. No. And, and you know, I'm fairly confident that they're going to win this series. Well, all right. So you, you were confident that Edmonton was going to collapse a lead. Like, that's ridiculous. No, I'm saying I said I'm fairly confident right. that the Kings are going to win the series. Okay, but I'm going to just say something. I think Edmonton will learn from this. Edmonton okay. decided in that game that they were going to just keep scoring and outscore them. Yeah. Edmonton needs to realize, hey, we can't all go deep on every play when we have a lead like this because right. all of a sudden then in transition, the other team's going to go the other way and we're not going to all be able to get back. And they let up two quick goals that yeah. way. I doubt that will happen again. They're going to start to stay back a little bit like everybody else and wait for some chances, especially if they have a lead like that, rather than just keeping the foot on the gas. Because at four on four, that's what will cost them the game. And that was 2020 Corpusallo there at 37 well, seconds. I know. He, he did what we said, but I thought he, you know, was afraid he could possibly, or thought he could possibly do. He's, yeah, back to, he's a playoff, once a playoff goalie, always a playoff goalie, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I was completely wrong with Corpus Salad because he has played well since he's gone to LA. Um, but, and I never, ever have liked him. But two yeah. things. One, I, I thought Bouchard, Evan Bouchard and uh, Dry Seidel, I give them credit for honesty because they basically said what Mike said, which is, you know, they had the 3 1 lead um, from, uh, they only had to protect it for 11 and a half minutes or something. I think they scored yeah. that third goal at eight something. Right. Um, and they couldn't hold that. And, you know, Dry Settle said, you know, you don't deserve to win if you can't hold the lead right. in the third period of a, uh, right. of a playoff game. And secondly, I, I would be more impressed if I thought that Mike picked them because he really thought they win. But the truth is, if you look up to a lie detector, is he just wants to root against the, the Oilers. And yeah. you, know, you would never convince me otherwise. Uh, I think if you, if you put him into a lie detector machine, he, it would not – be because no, he thought they were the fears. He's, he's not one hundred percent. And if I Campbell was the starting goal, he would have picked it in five games. I am being um, completely one hundred percent truthful, Kev. No, I know, I know. I, I've never run into a journalist in my. This is my next year will be my fiftieth year. If you start, wow. I started when I was eighteen and worked for the Atlantic Press. I've never run into a journalist who makes his picks 
based on whether or not he likes the organization or <laughs> you know you always are going to go against the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> it's all about your fandom. You'll pick against the Maple Leafs because that's just part of what we did when we were right. young. We're going to get to that next. Pick against your team, you know, somehow thing and uh, yeah, but. No, we um that never we never, uh, never I mean it's, it's fine, it's all good. But I think that listen, I mean we could see Campbell at some point in this series for sure. I think if they lose another game, uh, Skinner wasn't great. No, um, and that's the thing. I, I had this conversation on Sirius X. Yeah. Skinner wasn't bad and and neither was Lyon. But the problem is at some point one of those goalies has to make one of those saves yeah, that doesn't can. let the bottom fall out, and if they don't, they're going to get replaced. It doesn't matter what we think. It's just even the goalies that we don't think won the one for. Like we go back to like oh, I was thinking the guy who won for the Blackhawks. Um, what's his name? The goalie who won for the Blackhawks. Oh, Niemi. Niemi. And Niemi. Even though we like say, oh, he was he's not a big second. He won games for them in the playoffs. Like he made some. He made. I mean, you have to win games for your team. In the yeah, playoffs. but it helped. You helped that you were playing against a team that was playing Michael Layton and no, but to get there, I mean, even oh, Niemi, yeah. Niemi won games in the playoffs, and it's like. So that Skinner's got, you know, Skinner and Lyon, they didn't play well enough to win a playoff game last night. That's the bottom line. Now, whether or not, you know, they played well, they didn't play terribly, but to win a playoff game against another good team, you're not going to, you know, you got yeah. to be, you got to be awesome. You got to be really good. And the boys were really good last night, won their games. I mean, Gustafson, I thought was really good. He won the game, you know, he was really impressive in that game. Um, yeah. I mean, you and Russ are right on the money. Uh, you know, both those guys were okay. But okay, it's not good enough. For the not playoffs. good enough right now. Not this time yeah. of year, you know. And and you know, so if they go to Campbell, who's got a little more playoff experience and showed he was good in the playoffs last year, I think that might help them. They might not go there right away. They might go to Skinner. But the reality is that they've yeah. got the option, and if they have the option, they'll probably at some point take it unless they win the next four games. The, the, the concern for the Oilers, don't you think, is here we go again? Like you know, Ekholm, yeah. they got him, and that was supposed to solve all their problems. They had played well. They had won nine in a row. And this, that's what I love best. Is yeah. the fact that you know they were playing well at the end yeah. of the season, won nine in a row, including yeah. two wins over the Kings. And yeah. but the old cliche is is that the regular season doesn't matter, and lo and behold, it didn't. It doesn't matter. Hey, what is what does that remind you of, Kevin? I mean, they, 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 it's like the neural pathways. You your brain sort of follows <laughs> that. You know, when something negative happens, you're going to go down that direction every single time. Gee, I don't know who that reminds me of. It's a light. Yeah, it goes. Yeah, that's not how my neural. But tonight, they don't fire like that at all. Let's begin with the Maple Leafs and Lightning. Guys, let's start with Maple Leafs and Lightning tonight because save me for last. I'll save you for last. Um, I'll let you go first, Kev. Well, I mean, I, I think this is going to be an exceptional series, and I said I thought it would go seven, and uh, you know, I do. But I, I, you know, I just like Toronto. I think Toronto's playing better. I mean, I don't know anybody could have watched the, the Toronto, or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Lightning in their final fifteen <laughs> games and thought that they were. Yeah. going to win anything. I mean, they were horrible. Uh, and I get that they do understand. I mean, I'm a believer in that. If you've climbed the mountain uh, once, you know how to get up to the top. But, you know, their team just isn't the quality it once was. The defense in particular, to me, looks um, subpar. Uh, even their scoring is not as great. And I think it's sort of had a trickle-down effect on Vasilevsky as well. Like, He's still Vasilevsky and capable of rising up, but I just don't think they have it this time. That you know, I think if they just you know kind of rise up, they can keep it competitive. Um, but you know, I still think Toronto's going to win this series. But yeah. first game, who knows? I think first game is always a toss up anyway. Yeah, tonight, tonight. Out, so. I mean, I'm not falling for the rope dope. I know that there'll be a lot of nervous Leaf fans there, and I think. If you're Tampa and you could score that first goal, you're going to quiet that place quickly. And it's take, quiet. All, it's quiet all the time, anyway, Russ. Yeah, but really quiet it and take out the crowd for sure. Um, Nick Paul is kind of like Claude Lemieux, especially for the Leafs, because he's not a fancy player. He may not be fancy in the regular season, but he does score goals in the playoffs. Like he just does, yeah. and it sometimes defies logic that all of a sudden you look up and Nick Paul has a two goal game. But he does that, and he's he's done that more than a few times. I'm not ready to throw in the the you know, the, basically that plot. It I'm not basically I'm not ready to say Vasilevsky is off his game because I'm not. 
Uh, I think Hedman will rise to his game. I don't know what Tanner Janot is going to have. That's a legit concern, but they still have Stan Close. I don't know if Kucherov played up to snuff for a while. And Cooper said the last four or five games there was mental fatigue. So if he seems to have a handle on that, and you know, all of a sudden the bell is going to ring and they are going to play better, which is possible, then it's going to be up to the mental game of the Leafs. It has nothing to do with the Leafs' talent. The Leafs have tons of talent. Yeah. But if the Leafs fall behind or whatever, we're going to see where they're at mentally. That's To me, that's everything. Go ahead, Eck. I think um, I think Sam Sonham's a big factor in the series. I think he's I think he's a, he's good in these situations. Like last year, he was pretty good for Florida against Florida with the Capitals. If you remember, like he was he was really good, and like they stretched that Panthers team that it was you know present trophy winning team to seven games. Sam Sonham was really good, um, and he, there were moments in that series when you know, when they were getting outshot like crazy, but he was still right there. Um, they're the second best team in the NHL. You know, so they, the Leafs are the second best team in the NHL. There's no two ways about that. There is, it's just, there's, there's no debating that, honestly. It's like, there's that's no where they are. And they are, and there's no reason to think that, you know, I, I agree with everything Kevin said about Tampa. Um, that's not to say that if Tampa doesn't win game one and suddenly they have, like, they, they do find the, find the fountain of youth enough to, be the, to win the series. But I don't think so. I, th- I think the Maple Leafs are going to make a statement. I think this is a five-game series. And I think that I think five that this game is a, series. Wow. I think it's a five game series. I think that I think that like I watched Tampa play down the stretch. I watched Toronto play down the stretch. I, the Toronto has they've made all these moves. They've made some really good moves. They've made some really good trades. Um, they are deep. They are not solely relying on their, their stars to win, but their stars are going to play well. I, I mean, just, I think Tampa in seven. I didn't say it because I didn't know if we were. Yeah, no. To me, it's five. I mean, they. They learned how to lose to Tampa last year. Everything's in the right place for Toronto. Like they, they're in the spot where they. Which, you know, we'll talk about that. You learn to lose before you win. Learn which, to win. They lost to Toronto last year. Which this, is this, this is it's going to end. It's going to end. This is where it's going to end. Well, I, I am convinced that the, there is uh, some sort of communist conspiracy that uh, that the Buzztron has been infected by some sort of virus. The Buzztron picked the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. By yes, the way. yes. There, there you go. So Did that the Buzztron you know, picked the Islanders too. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't know what that what they did in that one, but but th- this is the this is the point. The Maple Leafs are the more talented, uh, team. More they are a more talented team than they were last year, no doubt. Tampa Bay is not as talented as they were last year. They lost McDonough. They lost Palat. Uh, you know they've shown shown the warts that Kevin has talked about since the since the trade deadline. Their record, I think, was under five hundred or around five hundred. Yeah. That does not matter. This team has Vasilevsky and Point and Stamkos and Kucherov and Hedman. They are killers. They you know if the, the Leafs are very capable of winning this series, but you know what? Show me. Go out and step on their neck and kill them. But right, the- so you want them to show you that. Wait, 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 what do you think they're going? What do you think is going to happen? Finish. Let me finish. All right. But I am not convinced that this core group. Uh, that last year, by the way, they won five nothing in Game One. They destroyed Tampa Bay in the first game of the series, and then Tampa Bay came back and won Game Two, and won Game Four, and won Game Six, and then. Uh, a 2-1 game in game seven. The Leafs were this close with Jack Campbell in goal. So you'd think that all the improvements that they made would make them the better of the two teams. Talent-wise, I think they're just at the same level as Tampa, but whether they have the mental strength to be able to beat Tampa, that's where I'm saying, show me. Until they show me, I don't believe it. Tampa and seven. I just put a picture on your Twitter timeline. If you could download it and show it to the audience, it's pretty awesome. On mine? On your Twitter timeline, yeah. Okay. What, um, what, is, what is it, Russ? I'm not telling you. It's just awesome. So, uh, yeah, let's um so let's let's go to the next series while I'm doing this. I just I think Mike that you're picking you're not picking the winner of this series. You're picking you're picking you're not picking up you're not making an actual pick. No, no, yeah, I'm picking. You make a pick. I, I, so you're making you're challenging the Leafs. You're you're making no, I, a challenge. I'm you're picking the, pick. I, I'm picking the winner of the series because I'm picking the loser. And the opposite of that the loser. Makes sense. What are you talking you know, about? That that works so well for Mike. He's not picking the winner; he's picking the loser. Yeah, I, you know that's just his position. You know, he goes and he watches events to look for something to make him. <laughs> yeah, right. not a legitimate position. Yeah, well, I I, I think it is for Mike. 
You know, you know, he's not satisfied with anything he watches until he finds something he hates. Okay. All right. Uh, um. Oh, yes. And by the way, I was standing right next to Ilya Samsonov when he said, and I quote, we're the best team in the league. And I'm like, I'm, I, I looked at him and I said, do you understand the concept of bulletin board material? Maybe it does. Maybe that doesn't matter. To, but but when when you're John Cooper and you need every little thing to motivate your team, maybe they don't need to be motivated because they've won two Stanley Cups and been to three Stanley Cup finals. But I would tend not to want Bond to say that kind of stuff about a team that is that has that kind of championship pedigree. All right, Russ. Look at that. That's Light amazing. Wow. Uh, there you go. So, um, oh, okay. yeah. You got to give them points for that. Yeah, that's for pretty sure. good. Um, Is that the Tampa Bay Rays? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The, the t- Great. Yeah, no, I, I actually just drove. Uh, How many World Series have they right won, folks? Yeah. How many World Series have they won? Mm, oh, yeah. that's right. Zero? Thank you. Well, yeah, but the, you're, you're, so you're not making a prediction. You're making a challenge. No, 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 no. I'm making a prediction. <laughs> What is it? Seven. That means Tampa's going to win seven because because until the Leafs win, he doesn't believe they can. Which is not like right. That's not anyway. I'm basing it on on my knowledge of that franchise. I think I think I think you're basing it on superstition, but that's my opinion. Anyway, Tron against the Buzztron. Yep. Right. My son again. Again, my son always does that. Who's going to win based on the mascot? So for this one, he's like you know. Lightning bolts are the natural enemy of trees. So there's yeah, no reason that he says, Tampa, he says Tampa's going to win as well. There's no, there's no question about that. Tampa's going to take out. Tampa will take him out. You know, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Take a bill. All right. So let's go to the next game tonight. Then let's go to the other big two. Well, there's three, two versus three tonight's night battles night. Um, but we'll start with the, we'll go with the Rangers and Devils. Um, Let me go first on this one. All right. Um. There are very, there are many series where I think you take the team that has the better goaltender, and most of the time I think you'll be right. And then this is one. Of, now I think the Rangers they're more experienced. I think they're tougher. Um, they may not be as fast as the Devils, but I think they're the better of the two teams. But the tipping point for me is Shesterkin over you know if it's Vanacek or or Blackwood or Schmid or whoever Vanacek. they play. I mean, yeah, it's probably Vanacek, but I'm just saying Shesterkin yeah. is is a goaltender who can steal games and steal series and he's been, you know, he didn't have a Shesterkin like year this year, Russ. His save percentage was in like the the 910s, like 915, 914. Yeah. But he, you know, when it comes down to it, I think he's going to steal games. He had moments where he at least looked like down the stretch here. Like last year, there were, there were moments. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I like the additions as opposed to Russ, who didn't like the Patrick Kane addition. I I like the additions that the Rangers did make, and I think they're a more well-rounded team than the Devils. And I do think that experience will be a, a factor in this, so that's why I picked the Rangers in six. All right, I'll go next. Basically, look, Devils are faster, no question. Jack Hughes may be the best player on both teams. Wouldn't argue it. Mm-hmm. But the Rangers do have some grizzled veterans who have played in the playoffs and scored a lot of clutch goals. They have some physicality, and they do have a playoff-tested goalie. And I do think those things are going to matter. I think, look, even though Kane isn't Kane, he probably will score an important goal. I wouldn't doubt it. I think Tarasenko is the most uncoverable guy now in the Rangers because you've got all these other things to focus on, and now Tarasenko is kind of like um, running free almost when he's out there. He doesn't get enough ice time for me, but – that's on Gallant. That's just something that he does. But I think when you start to look at it, you say, all right, Devils defense is pretty good. Rangers defense is pretty good. I don't think there's, you know, either one is better. But I think it will be a battle of special teams because I think the Rangers have a better power play, but it doesn't always perform that way. But I just think the Rangers have some guys that are willing to pay the price more than the Devils. Guys like Kreider, I think Kane to some degree. I also think Zabinajad, who's been doing it at both ends of the ice, yeah. a real good X factor for them. So, end of the day, I am going to pick Rangers in six because I feel like if the Devils are behind in the series and it goes to the Garden and it's a chance to be closed out, they will close it out. Right. If it goes to seven, then yeah, then, you know. All bets are off. And then the Devils, Devils are definitely favored at that point. 
But I think the Rangers' whole thing is get it to six in their building, and that's a good place to be, I think. I think they would feel confident. But the Rock might be their building because there'll be so many Rangers. Oh, but not like that. But uh, Anthony picked uh, – by the way, he, he picked the Rangers in six as well, and he picked Toronto in seven. So but just to okay. give him – Is that Anthony now because he did that? Yeah. No, a troll job, just like X. I get the uh, I get the Rangers, and just as Mike articulated, you know, if you know if, if Shesterkin can't win this, then everything we know about hockey doesn't make any sense. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just the better goalie, even though, as Mike said, he has not had a great season. But you know, he's a difference maker, and um, you know, he might be the best player in this series uh, yes. and not, not necessarily Jack Hughes, even though Jack Hughes is great, but I'm bullish on New Jersey. Like I think they'll take this all the way. This will be seven games. I, I don't think home ice really matters in this just because of the proximity, 14 miles apart between the two, the Ranger fans can get to New Jersey. Oh yeah. The Ranger fans have enough money to buy. They're willing to pay. They are. Yeah. So, so I, but I think it's 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 going to be good. But the, you know, the Devils have been really impressive this season, yeah. and yeah. they're not they're not far away. Like, uh, no. you know, next year, like it wouldn't be unthinkable that they could be in the top three teams uh, in favored for the Stanley Cup going into the new year. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, and I feel like you feel like they have to go to the playoffs and learn a little bit. You know, this is this yeah, year, this is their learning season. Well, the Rangers have just really done what they what a good what a good what cup teams, you know, teams that go for cups do, which is, you know, add super experience at the right time to a team that was already close. Like they were close last year to beat in Tampa. They, then they, you know, they added two players who are, you know, Ted Tarasenko and Kane, who are both playoff performers and both one, one being big playoff performers. I think Kane, I think we're going to see a very different Patrick Kane than we saw in the regular season. I think I'm expecting to be faster all of a sudden. What? You think he's going to be faster all of a sudden? I think he is. I, 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 now, here's the thing. I mean, like the Patrick Kane we saw before the Rangers traded for Tarasenko and the Patrick Kane we saw after the Rangers traded for Tarasenko. It's a lousy team. This is in the playoffs. No, 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 Russ, Russ. When he turned it on in those three games before mm. the deadline when he scored the hat trick against the Leafs, yeah. it was Patrick Kane at full and in fifth yeah. year. Yeah, And that's okay. what I think you're going to see. He let's has see, that. He has that in him. I think he's very aware of the fact that – he hold he he holds back for the playoffs a little bit. I think he's holding back a little bit. For the playoffs. I'm really sure he held back a little, but let's see him play at full pace in this game because games I was watching down the stretch, he couldn't even get down the ice to come back after playing defense, so he just stopped playing defense. I'll give you another player. Who I think, I'll give you another player who I think will be a factor for the Rangers in the playoffs, and he's been a playoff player previously, and that's Trocheck. Trocheck is a really good two way yeah. center. Um, you know, now, you know, they, they lost a little bit in, in, in Andrew cop who they had at the deadline, but I think Trocek sort of, uh, replaces what cop brought to them and, 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 you know, just all the other players that they added, uh, and Mikulon defense is a big, tough guy. So I think their additions really helped them out. Yeah. Tyler yeah. Mott has helped them out. No doubt. Yeah. Tyler Mott. I, 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 I like the devils, but I think they're one year away from Look, being- Timo Meyer's playing too. We can't ignore him. He's yeah, but he hasn't, played, as well. he hasn't played well since he got to New Jersey. I so. know. We still have to acknowledge he's, he's there. Yeah, no, no, I, I do. He's not putting up numbers, but he, he Timo Myers does a lot of things. You know, it's not like he he's does. not a statistical guy. Like he's he's. I just I think I the Devils do play incredibly fast, and if they're going to beat the Rangers, they're going to beat them on that. They're going to beat them on their speed. You know, um, but I don't know that they can do that. It was just I mean, and but also don't underestimate Vanacek. He's had an unbelievable year. Like okay. he is, you know. Here's where I'm going to draw the line, though. Where I hear people saying, "Well, you look, he's got the same, same, same save percentage as Shesterkin." It's like, okay, if you want to believe that he's going to equal Shesterkin in the playoffs, you believe that. Right. I can't, I'm not going to believe that. Right. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that he I know, is. I've heard people. He's the probably is. You know, my Devils fans say he's the only. You know, the second best goalie they've ever had. You know? <laughs> oh my God! Will you stop? No, but I mean, who is better? I mean, Marty Berdour obviously is their best goalie. But who's hold on? I I just got a text. Chris Terreri said he is. I don't know if Chris Terreri is better than Vanacek's won more games than anybody. How about about Corey Schneider? No, I mean, I I would take Vanacek now over Corey Schneider. Nobody, nobody, nobody can match him. Nobody. No, but I mean, they haven't had a lot of other goalies. I mean, we Terreri. You're talking about Terreri and Schneider. You're not talking about like monumental goalies there. I mean, Terreri. I'll just I'll just say this. Um, 
Ari Vasilevsky had a 9.15 save percentage this year, and Ilya Samsonov had a 9.19 save percentage. What goalie do you want? Oh yeah, but Mike, I mean, this, but I'm just saying it's like they're not the same. The, the both, but, but no, is good enough to win the series. Vanishuk's good enough to win the series. That's the reality. Of I'm not saying he's not good enough, but I'm saying if you're talking about the goal, two goalies and which one you'd rather have, throw out the statistics. Talk about the quality of the goalie. But just because you don't have the best goalie in the world doesn't mean you have a great goal. Doesn't mean you don't have a great goalie. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, wait, Heck, wait, don't you that usually point? argue the other side of this? Usually, you're the guy that's. Talking about playoff experience and all oh, that. Yeah, no, I do, I do, but I just, I think that no, I listen. I, I well, Vanacek's better than Sorokin too. Then by that, Matt, by that, <laughs> no. no, I'm not saying that. Oh, at all. What, what I'm saying here is that you know we people are like Mike's like whoever's in goal for them. That's not a question. Who's in goal for them? Vanacek was amazing goalie for yeah, them. No, that's good. That's a good fair point. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was. He, he won more games. He's the only he, the only goalie that's ever won more games in a season than Vanacek in New Jersey was Brodeur. He has the second most wins ever as a New Jersey Devil goalie this year. Yeah. It's a big deal. I mean, that's not. I mean, it's not like you know. It's just not like you know. We talk about use top and Elias's points. It's a big. These are these are major. These are historical franchise things here. All right. Anyway, let's go to uh, Colorado and Seattle <laughs> for a second. I think this one is this is this is the one that like. If there's oh. a crazy upset, this is where it is. Well, Anthony, Anthony is along the lines of that one act because he picked the Kraken in six, and I was just like, "What?" Because yeah. I, I, I picked I picked Colorado in five. I give Seattle a lot of cre- a credit to get as far as they have. Right. But I don't. They're you know they they had a hundred points, Kev, with a with goaltending under nine hundred save percentage. So. Yeah, so I mean, I give them a lot of credit, and Dave Haxtell a lot of credit for getting as far as they did. But I think there, I think there's going to be a, a sense of we are happy that we got this far, and now reality is going to smack them in the face. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. I just don't see that team uh, with you know of all the teams. I just don't think they have a shot. Yeah, it like every other team, you feel like well, they got some kind of shot, but yeah. I mean, I look at it differently than you guys. I based it on who had the better hair, Jared Bednar or Dave Haxtell. And it's really close because they're both like properly groomed, never out of place. <laughs> no, seriously, I looked, I looked at Colorado and I'm like, Seattle can play and try and slow down and try and suffocate, which is what Dave Haxtell will always try and do. Right. right. The offense of, of Colorado. But if McCarr is in there and McKinnon's in there and Rantanen, who's probably having the best year of his career, they're not holding them back. I've got Colorado in five because Seattle was able to do a nice job during the regular season, but they don't really have enough scoring to offset it. Like Jared McCann is terrific, and I've always liked him, but he's had a career year, and Matty Beniers is a nice player. But they're going to need like four guys to count on, and I don't think they have that offensively. Yeah. I mean, and and need- your game's better than Kemper, too. And they're going to need they're going to need Makar to be out probably you know because he's been struggling with injury you know they'll, they'll need a couple other things just to really yes. be in the series. And the Seattle team is there because of what they were in the beginning of the season, not because of what they've been lately. You know, like they really they really did kind of hang on to to get this playoff spot because um, they yeah. were really good in the beginning of the year. You know, and now they're in a wild card spot. Everybody was like, oh, they could win the division at one point. You know, they, they were completely. It's very much they they did kind of fall back. So then to finish off because then we got to go pretty soon. Gonna go fast with um, Russ. You can start this one with Winnipeg and the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, uh, with this one, I think right now you know Vegas is starting Brassois, but I think uh, that could change quickly. Even if they win, I think it could eventually change. Yeah, me too. I think they're still waiting on Thompson, whether he gets there or not, and I think they have quick just in case. So looking at that, I also think Vegas has the um, the better defense. I look at Winnipeg, and I know Kyle Connor's dangerous. I don't know if Shifley's as dangerous as his 40 goals let on. I just – a lot of times I'm watching him and he doesn't seem the same. Their offense seems out of sync sometimes. Even a guy like Ehlers who's finally healthy or it seems like he is, um, isn't really playing at the level I thought he would. Hellebuck's everything to them, no question. And you could say they have better goaltending than Vegas, and I'll give it to you. But I just think Vegas has actually has better defense. I think guys like Alec Martinez who get – strange goals and good goals in the playoffs. I think he can do that again. 
And I'm going to pick Vegas in seven because I just don't – I think if this is a long series, I think the Jets will run out of gas. Okay, I I had I had Vegas in six along the lines of what Russ said. I think I think Hellebuck will steal a game or two, but in the end, I think I think uh, Vegas's defense is better, and you know guys like Ehlers have struggled with injury. There, there's not a lot of depth in terms of forward with Winnipeg. Um, and Josh Morrissey's dangerous, like we have to say. Josh Morrissey's yeah. a really he's, he's you know he he got on this year. Yeah, he's definitely going to be in the running for the Norris, but I just think Vegas, you know, and this is Jack Eichel's first playoff crack, and I think he's going to be psyched up to oh, to yeah. show a lot of people that, that he yeah. belongs, uh, that he that this is where he belongs, and then that was his motivation from getting traded from Buffalo. But I, I did, you know, I just think that uh, you know that Vegas is the better team. Anthony picked Vegas in four, which I was just wow. yeah, I was shocked at that. Yeah. By the way, who is the first one that's going to play the horn? Is it going to be Wayne Newton? Is he up to the task? <laughs> How old is Wayne Newton? Is he 80 something? Like 82 or something. Like I think that. he's 80. He's younger than you think, or he's lying about his age. It's one or the other. Well, you can't tell with his plastic surgery. Yeah, he's 81. I, I swear he should be older, but whatever. Yeah, yeah I've got uh, Vegas in five. Um, I do think Hellebuck will steal at least one game. And possibly you could get two as well because he is the best goalie. Russ is really on his game today. I thought his analysis of the mm-hmm. series was mm-hmm. terrific, all levels of it, um, because I, I think Vegas's defense is uh, uh, also better. Um, and Winnipeg, I, my favorite line is is that uh, Shifley's not as dangerous as his forty goals would reflect. I, you know, yeah. I, I think you're right on that. I, it's you know, I, don't, a take. I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it is. But it's a take that I I can support. Um, yeah. I had thought about that, but um, like he doesn't seem as dangerous as you would expect for a forty yeah, goal scorer. He's so. More intimidating, I thought. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just don't see that they have, and I. I do expect, and I know Mike will disagree with this, but I do expect Eichel to have a great series. This is his first. No, I do, I do, and that's what I'm saying. Okay, but it's just it's his first playoff, yeah. And I think he's really fired up for it. So um, I expect him; he'll get out of the gate and, and strong. And I, I also believe they're waiting on Thompson. Uh, I think they think he gives them yeah. the best shot. He probably does. I mean, he's a great, a great. Um, he's proven to be great in the playoffs before. I thought even last year, you know, he was he was really good. So, um, but I think we're going to see, I think, you know, and I, and I still think that quick's a great thing to go to if you need to go to him, you know, um, it's a great, it's a great option to have it helped them down the stretch. They definitely improved with him in there. Kind of surprised he's not getting started a little bit in this game. Well, I, mean, I think the, the problem is if they start quick um, and he, let's say he has a yeah. good game, but not a great game and he gives up three or four because yeah. he's Jonathan quick. I think you're going to have a hard time pulling him. Like basically just saying, hey, listen, you're done. Yeah, I mean, that, we, we talked about yesterday the amount of backups, kind of backup goalies playing in this first round that, you know, based on who they weren't, they weren't supposed to be starters. It's, it's incredible. It's an incredible, like, number. I'm just beyond. And I mean, if you pull for Swah, he's not going to get that mad. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, the same thing, you know, we saw with Gustafson and, and Flurry, same, similar situation there, perhaps. You know, um, I don't know. I, I, I think that. Funny, I think Winnipeg would have a good shot against almost anybody else except for Vegas. Yeah, this is a bad matchup for them. I, I'm with you yeah. on that. I just yeah. – I feel like if Winnipeg's offense was a little bit more intimidating, then maybe they could keep Vegas's defense on their heels. I just don't feel like that's going to happen. Petrangelo yeah. is always up to the task. Theodore. Theodore has been really good for years Al, now. Al Martinez. Their defense is yeah. really good. Like if they were really playing Edmonton, even if they were playing Edmonton or if they were playing um, LA or Colorado, I, I would I would give them more of a shot. I think than I do. It's just matchup wise, it just feels bad for them. Um, really, really well, feels. They good. played Florida. They they beat Florida. Yeah, no, they're good. I mean, they're. A, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying that they're they're. I mean, they are a good. They can be good. When they're good, they've been really good this it year. Would be a good series to the Islanders. I think yeah. that would be a, a long yeah. series too. If they played the Islanders, their defense would outscore their forwards. Right. Yeah, but I think I think Winnipeg in this one. I just yeah, I think this is I think this is all the way as well for Vegas. I think we're going to see um, you know the Vegas Edmonton next round. Well, who heck do you think it's Wayne Newton on the uh, on the horn or somebody else for the first? Uh, um, who does he? I'm not unusual to be loved, baby. Oh, Tom Jones. You Tom think Jones? Jones? I would go with Tom. Oh, Jones. No, no, no. It'll be Adele. She's in residence in Vegas. So, okay, so you're going with Adele. 
yeah. Adele. Nothing, nothing, nothing gets a crowd going like Adele. If you, if you want to get, if you want to get people fired up, play I don't think Adele. Adele's going to do the spinning of the horn. No, I, I think she's. Well, yeah, I don't know. I can't. Well, I think she's more capable than Celine Dion right now. Yeah, it's another one. You know, I can see yeah. Celine Dion doing it though. That's the funny thing. I actually isn't could. there like a band there doing like something right now, like Pearl Jam or something like that. There's some. There's some oh. band right now playing. Oh, I would never be caught dead. Doing oh, there that. is a band like that that I never thought would play a Vegas thing, but are doing a Vegas thing. Um, Hold on, and I, I, you know, it was it, it was somebody that you know because it's just, this is the thing about a Vegas thing is it's so easy if you're a band. And you're oh, a band. All right, this Tesla count, but they're not Tesla. there yet. Um, the, the B the B fifty twos, Maroon Five, Maroon Five. That was one of the ones I was kind of surprised at. Like I'm like, hold on, like that's. But they're like, not there yet. No, it's that's just a couple days. But they're gonna um, be. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is interesting. Rod Stewart has a has a, has a residency. Yeah. Yeah, that's because it's a retirement home. I think Rod would fall over if he had to do the horn though. So I don't think Rod's gonna do that. Um. Bruno, no, Bruno Mars is only a couple days. It's Chicago. Is it you two that's going to be in Vegas? And you might be right about that. There's something weird that like hmm. I don't know. There, there was a there's Keith, Ur- Keith Keith Urban's doing a residency, but I have no interest in her in him. But uh, if his wife is there, I'd be interested in her. Let's see. No, no, you two in Vegas. I I don't think there's anybody there that like that. Yeah. No. I know it's, it's it's it is it is becoming amazing to me the bands that are doing residencies there though you're going to see it more and more and more. Maybe David Copperfield. David Copperfield. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, there you go. <laughs> uh, yes. Don't sniff the glue. Remember, <laughs> without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will all talk to you tomorrow. Trolls out.